Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the ice hockey podcast for Chelmsford Chieftains fans. This is episode 18, just the one game again for the Chieftains this week as they travel to Invicta Dynamos. The Warriors travel down to Guildford Phoenix and the Chelmsford Pythons travel to Peterborough. We've also got some academy results, the hit of the week and two fantastic guests. Firstly, we've got former Chieftain Frankie Sabini, who's chatting about his hockey career and a world-exclusive reveal on a very special project that he's got going with another former Chieftain, James Ayling, who will be appearing at a later date. And I will also be joined by one of the Chieftain's new players for this season, Dan Fay. Dan is incredibly experienced for his age and has slotted in perfectly to the Chieftain's D-line and is going to join me to discuss his hockey career, among other things. Let's get started then with the Chieftain's trip to Planet Ice Gillingham. The Dynamos come out fast looking to dash the memory of their defeat the night before. And on two minutes, Ollie Baldock got himself two minutes for misconduct. The Chieftains were six seconds away from killing the penalty until Davis fed last check and the former Chieftain put the Moes ahead on 3.56. The Chieftains got back on terms on 9.50 when Grant Bartlett smashed home. 30 seconds later, however, the home side retook the lead when last check burnt his former side again when Harris assisted him and he smashed the puck top corner. At 16.54, Cam Bartlett got the Chieftains level again and the first finished 2-2. Into the second and the two sides swapped power plays in the first 10 minutes after Pickering got two for charging and Invicta took two for too many men. On 32.18, Burnett took a questionable two-minute roughing penalty and on the power play, the Moes retook the lead when Saw and Davis assisted Harris. On 34.28, Invicta broke away from the Chelmsford attack and Springer Hughes on the odd man made it 4-2. Chieftains rallied again and TJ Fillery pulled one back on 35-01. The Dynamos killed off a penalty in the last five after Lillis got two for cross-checking. End of the second, 4-3. Into the third and the extra line the home side had on the bench was starting to tell, but in an effort to rally the troops and the incredible away support, Rayner and Condren went to war after a hard hit into the boards. A pretty even scrap, but got to say that our man got the best of it. On 49-49, though, Invicta stretched their lead when Davis snuck one under Luca Tassadri for 5-3. Into the final few minutes, and Leone called a timeout as the Chieftains found themselves on the power play, and whilst pushing to get back within one, Hush broke away and shorthanded sealed the win for the Dynamos on 57-11. Invicta laying down the law in the last two league games then before the sides meet in the cup final in March. <laughs> 
Other results then in the NIHL 1 South on Saturday. The Raiders had a spirited game against the Stretton Redhawks that was 3-3 going into the third, but the league leaders scored two in the third period to take the game 5-3 at the Sapphire. Slough Jets got themselves a win at home at the Hangar where they put 6-2 to Invicta Dynamos. And Solent Devils put Oxford City to the sword down at Gosport with a 5-0 victory. Only one other game on the Sunday of the NIHL 1 South as Oxford City Stars beat MK Thunder by 8-1. Into the NIHL 2 South then, the Warriors, as they made their trip down to Guildford Phoenix with just 10 players, however took the lead on 5.30 when Tom Baptist assisted Reese King. Unfortunately, that was followed by 10 unanswered goals from Guildford, including a shorty, until Chris Beckett scored, assisted by Ben Powell on 55 flat. Guildford made it 11-2 on 56-37, and the short bench was the enemy for the Warriors. The Pythons' trip up to Peterborough ended fruitless as well, as bus legs got the better of them in the first, continuing into the second that finished 6-0, but they got themselves together in the third, keeping the Phantoms at bay from adding to their score. Academy results then. The under-12s Mini Chieftains, they beat Peterborough by 9-1. The under-14s Braves lost 13-3 to Guildford. And the under-16s Tomahawks beat Haringey 5-1. The England under-13s won their first game out at the 63rd Peewee Tournament in Quebec. And Chelmsford Academy product Ruben Terry got the first goal and bagged a couple of assists as well. So well done to Rue doing his stuff out there. Well done to all the guys in the academy for this weekend, uh, including Freddie Espetito, who had to play in nets for Cambridge Grizzlies, but won the Spirit of the Game Puck Award for his performance there. So well done to all involved. What we're going to do now then is speak to our first guest, a very special guest this week, former Chieftain netminder, uh, now podcaster, scriptwriter, Frankie Sabini. And I stood tall and did it my way. Frankie Sabini, how are we doing, fella? Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, mate, really good. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so, Rumpa Chieftain and Rumpa Play yourself, um, and I've just pronounced your name Sabini, but it's an interesting story in the, uh, the pronunciation and spelling of your name, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is. So, um, originally, it's uh, it's Sabini with an E. So, my family date back to the ancient Roman times, um, where if you, you can Google it, it's all over sort of Google and, and the history of, of Rome as well. But my direct ancestor was uh, one of the first kings of Rome. So, Titus Sabini was joint first king of Rome with Romanus. Um, and then, many, many years later... We end up in Sicily in Corleone, which is like a huge mafia sort of compound type type place, um, and we're still S A B I N E. And then when we come over to England, because obviously I was peasants uh, in the sort of late eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds, they said on the uh, when they get off the ship, "What's your name?" They said Sabini, so the English wrote it down with an E, uh, with a, with an I. Obviously, pronounced it Sabini rather than Sabini with an E. So it becomes Sabini with an eye, but I always say Sabini with an eye now because everyone pronounces it Sabine or Sabine and things like that. <laughs> um, and then my granddad done something, done something a little bit naughty and he had to try and become more english fired so they didn't catch him. Uh, and then we end up changing it back to an E. So now birth name is an E, <laughs> but really I, it's, I pronounce it with an eye so people say it right. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... I've got a good one with my last name. I always just say it's the same as the park in London because everyone always spells it with an I. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, it's the same, same as the park in London. So you, uh, most of your hockey career was at Romford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your local team? Yeah, so I, I'm a Romford boy. Um, for, for I've only actually moved to a CM postcode two years ago now, funny enough. But yeah, I was at uh, Romford. I started when I was eight years of age. Uh, went through the wrong for junior team. Was a player. Uh, done done all right as a player, but always just wanted to be in goal. To be honest with you, so first chance I got, we had a goalie who didn't want to be in goal anymore. Literally, my very first training session, I could. I was wearing all player like gear and a blocker and a catcher, and just stood in goal and just <laughs> like just just try to do do my best. And then from there. Um, yeah, went through the ranks, always sort of becoming number one goalie every every age group, played up age groups, uh, when uh played Raiders in E and L league, so like obviously the higher league than what 
chiefs, the the Raiders league now, basically. Yeah, when I was six, yeah, sixteen, um, I was back up to Kinger. Kinger, I think, got an injury, so then I was uh, number one goalie for pretty much the whole season at sixteen in the E and L league, um, and then ended up coming to Chelmsford, fell out with Romford, come to Chelmsford, done a couple of seasons at Chelmsford. Went back to Romford because I quit for a little while. Went back to Romford, got a ban, two-year ban. And then when I come back, I end up coming back to Chelmsford again. And then yeah. pretty much retired. Break your leg as well in the middle of that. Yeah, I broke my leg when... How do you know that? Uh, I remember you talking to Chongy about it when he was on your podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I broke my leg playing roller hockey, funny enough, uh, when I was 12. So... Just made the uh, the sort of southeast team. Um, snapped my leg in half, literally a clean breaking half. Uh, had three operations because it didn't heal properly. Got to the point where it looked like I was going to have uh, pins in my leg. Managed to miraculously start healing, come back, and then straight back into the team and playing up and playing better than I ever did before. So, wow, it was, uh, yeah, t- took a while to heal, but. Sort of didn't really affect me. Especially as a goalie with the, you know, the flexibility you need in your legs and dropping into butterfly and you know whatever style you sort of adopt in there. Mm. Yeah, to come back from that, that's quite incredible. Um, mm. But you did have some success at your time at Chiefs. Did you, was it uh, NIHL 2 playoff champions whilst you were there? Yeah, I can't really say I had much involvement in that, to be honest. I, uh... I see you in the pictures, but it's... <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I celebrated hard, but I didn't really play that much. A bit of a John Terry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so, so um, Sonny and all well, the Phillipses are, are family to me. They're like cousins. Terry's like my uncle. So, Sonny's always been like a cousin to me. He was number one goalie. Um, and I wanted to just come back doing a bit of training, a bit of fitness. Yeah. And obviously, he was number one. I was more than happy to just uh, to train. And then Joe at the time went, why don't you come back? properly and fight for number one I, I'll, I'll be honest with you more than happy playing whenever Sonny can't but I don't really want to fight for number one he's my cousin I've kind of been out of sport for a little while I just want a bit of fitness but I'm more than happy if you want to use me as a backup if you want me to play if you need me then I'm, I'm again I'm happy because I love the sport more than anything but um, I was never going to try and take Sonny's spot to be honest with you so for me it was just I was just happy sort of being there yeah um I hadn't I'd won with one things obviously with, with Romford won a lot lot with juniors um, but yeah my first sort of trophy in years after coming back so I celebrated hard with that yeah. one <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I mentioned there obviously finding out about breaking your leg on your podcast because since you don't play hockey anymore you now host your own podcast yeah yeah we do so uh, it's called Two Whiskies and a Scar reason being because I love whiskies and I love Scar um <laughs> But it's it's a uh, mindset sort of business athlete type podcast. I like to try and get into the mindset. I'm obsessed with with understanding the mindset. And I think this is probably why I was a successful, well, a, a semi successful goalie as well. Because for me, being in goal is all about reading the other team, reading the other player, understanding sort of the moves they're going to do before they can do it. If it was one on one, are they going to shoot? Are they going to take? Trying to get into their head. So I've always been obsessed with trying to understand people and trying to get into people's heads. Yeah. So I've started a podcast and trying to understand why athletes are good, as good, like better than, than other people who try and play the game or why you get businessmen who are successful and some who are not. Like, What's the difference? We're all the same people. We're all made up of the same blood, sweat and tears kind of thing. Why Why some people make it and some people don't? And it's really just it's, it's attitude and mindset, to be honest with you. So I like to try and delve into that and show my listeners, that anyone can make it. And if you do want to make it, this person might be in the same industry what you're in, reach out to them because at the end of the day, network is, is sounds cringe, but network is your net worth really. So, yeah. It's, yeah. Key, it? it's absolutely key. Mm. And yeah. That, that sort of, that mental stability and especially in successful people. I mean, one of the, the podcasts in that genre, the Stephen Bartlett one, Diary of CEO, mm. I mean, that, that guy's mindset is just unreal. That's oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's unshakable, and I think, and I think, if you if you're an athlete or you're a high level athlete as a child, then you're going to have a better success as an adult, just because the mindset of going through such adversity as as a kid kind of shapes you into that you can handle anything as an adult attitude. 
Um, so a lot of a lot of the people I played hockey with as kids are, are doing really, really well now. Um, and I, I, I've boxed since I was three as well. I know, I know a lot of boxers who have boxed their whole life and now they're not boxing, but again, still doing really well. I think there's such a good link between being a sportsman and being in business. Yeah, um, it's, yeah it's, it's, I think it's important for, for sort of development. Yeah, the, the self-discipline and the almost like the ego, the self-belief required to to accomplish 100%. anything in sport is is so mirrored with real life, really, isn't it? It's just a hundred percent. Like you get people who have got egos in in real life, and you think, why have you got your ego? But then you get people with egos, and you think, fair play, mate. You're the best at what you do. You you yeah. have your ego. And like when you're playing a sport, you don't very rarely get someone who's got an ego who's not good at what they do. Like the best ones, like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, yeah, biggest ego in the world, one of the best strikers in the world. Ronaldo, massive ego, one of the best players who ever lived. Right? It's it's when you're a, when you're an athlete, you get found out if you've got an ego and haven't got that skill. So it happened. Exactly. So I think yeah, kids who don't play sport when they have an ego, they they've got no one to sort of put them like put them down a bit and say, mate, show me why you've got an ego. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's something I'll always push with, with my own daughter and any, any children in my family that sport is just, sport can be paramount to your life. It can absolutely change your life, especially if you find the sport that you're good at, that you mm. enjoy. Um, I mean, just talking, I was talking with Danny Wright yesterday. I mean, we spoke for 45 minutes on the podcast. He then called me and we spoke for 45 minutes on the phone. I've only mm. met him once. Yeah. But, but we're both like the same sport and the way that we can talk to each other and relate with other people. It's, it's just the same as you can then do in your real life. So, okay. yeah, sport is paramount for that. Definitely. So, uh, and obviously other sports said you did a bit of boxing as well. Did you do any of that to a sort of decent level? Uh, yeah, so my, my dad was a pro uh, boxer, but he was in the Merchant Navy, so he travelled all around the world. So he used to fight on sort of little shows all around the world. My old man's 88. Uh, you hate me for saying this, but he's 88. He's never going to be able to get on the phone to bloody watch it. so he yeah so he when he was in his 20s 30s he was uh, very 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 good boxer never lost but again he he was doing bits and pieces he was taking after sort of family um, family tradition and going into some naughty stuff so he never really took it seriously I've got uh, one brother who was the youngest ever schoolboy champion Uh, I can't remember the age now but it was two days over the the youngest you could be to enter it. Mm. Um, he was Four Nations champion, I think, three times. Schoolboy champion, Four Nations champion, three times. Schoolboy champion, four times. Incredibly good amateur. I've got another two boxers who are very good pros, but again, they end up doing other things and making money, sort of more money elsewhere. So I've been brought up in a very boxing-orientated family. So I've, I've been in the ring since I was three. My very first ever coach was Jimmy Tibbs, who oh, is really? known as yeah, known as one of the best boxing coaches um, in in Britain. He's my dad's best mate, so he had me in the ring at three on the pads, um, brought up just sparring my dad, boxing and things like that. Never really took it too seriously. Hockey was always sort of my main sport, and then I got banned when I was sixteen. Bloody trendy! I keep getting banned apparently, but there's uh, I got a ban when I was sixteen. So I went down to TKO in uh, Silvertown, uh, East London, and Barry Smith, who has got uh, Lee Woods now, who's obviously a world champion. He wanted to make me pro when he turned me over at sixteen, but Dad didn't want me to. So he said, "If you want to go pro," so I had a choice. When I went back to hockey, I could either go pro hockey or pro boxing. And he said, if you want to go boxing, he went, you've got to get a bus down here every day yourself because obviously I'm too young to drive. And he, he didn't want me, he wanted me to use my head for something else rather than a punch bag. So I ended up picking hockey. Um, and now boxing is just something I do, just a bit of sport enjoyment really more than anything. But yeah, boxing, like decent, decent standards. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's incredible for fitness boxing, isn't it? Just to sort of keep it as part mm. of your regime is, is unbelievable. I mean, I, I've always loved the sport, but I came to it quite late. I started with white collar when I was 30. Um, and then I managed, I think I had nine unlicensed fights in about six years. Um, and yeah, I got in incredible shape, but then I, I was so old, the injuries just like started. When they hit you at that old, you can't recover from them. So 
No, you can't. Your, your knees start going, your shoulder starts going, and then you start thinking, is this even worth it? Oh, honestly, I think I, you can't put me in an MRI scanner because it, it looks like a, a kid's squiggly drawing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ligaments are all gone, the rotator cuffs are all gone. It's uh, <laughs> falling apart. Uh, so, Frank, one of the other reasons we've got you on tonight is that you and James Aylin, who unfortunately is not joining us this evening, he was going to be with us, um, but he's one of his children's not feeling too well. Uh, you two are involved in quite a special project. Yeah, so we, um, we've we actually, we, we, we've created a film uh, about an enforcer, so the fight role in, in hockey. Um, it's something what we've been speaking about for a while, so... Um, two, three years ago now, I, I, so James is obviously in the film industry anyway, I approached him about doing a TV series about my family. Um, so we started working together on that. We had a bit of success, but we're still working on that. And then last year, I think October last year, he had somebody approach him for, uh, yeah, they wanted to do something, uh, put money into something, British film, um, for an artist there, so they wanted to use this artist, so a record label put money into it for their artist. So he pitched the idea of an ice hockey film about Brit uh, a Canadian fighter now playing over in England. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I enjoy the writing side of things. I've done a bit of writing before. I've, I've sort of had good feedback. So James asked me to write a short film about the enforcer. Um, so he wrote it. The record label loved it. They're funding it. Um, so now what we're doing is, is shooting the film at the end of this month. And it's essentially, we've took loads of people's stories and made it into one person. So he's an ex-NHL draftee who ends up going into the lower ranks of hockey as he's getting older and just getting injury after injury. He's having fights, so he's getting cuts. Um, but as he's going into the lower ranks he's making less and less and less money. So his wife and his children are still back in Canada. He still has to provide for them. But unfortunately, he has a brain condition called CTE, which is relatively unknown at the moment within our sport, but it's such a big part of our sport. If you, There's loads of documentaries on it, but they just go under the radar. So many hockey players, so many sportsmen, but hockey players is a real big thing, have CTE. You can't diagnose it until after you die. So a lot of these guys, they don't, yeah, they don't know they've got it. So what they do, they go through life, and it's, it's you can have depression from it, you can have suicide thoughts from it, um, you can have anxiety from it, you can have mood swings from it, you can have brain fog, be forgetful. It's a real sort of bad condition, and a lot of these guys, um, so the boogeyman who played for New York Rangers, uh, guard, he committed suicide. They think he had it. Obviously, recently, unfortunately, we had Pia, who's, who's committed suicide. We don't know if he had it, but he, that could have been a symptom we had from fighting all these years. So, um, in the film, he gets diagnosed, well, you can't diagnose it, but he gets told that he might have CTE, but he doesn't want to accept it. He's a 40-year-old fighter. He doesn't know how else to make money or how else to provide for his family. So, the whole film is revolved around he, him and his mindset and his mentality and how does he cope with that? Um, his career coming to an end, knowing that he's got sort of a brain injury, knowing that his his relationships on the rocks because of the sport what he's played for so long is not providing the money what they need to. Um, so yeah, we're shooting that at, at, at the end of the month, and it's a it's a as you can tell it's a it's a passion project for for both of us. It's something what is so dear to our heart because we have played hockey our whole lives. I've played since I was eight. So I've played twenty twenty two years of hockey. Uh, James has probably played about the same same as me, maybe a little bit more. We've seen these guys come through like when I've been playing for Raiders. I I I grew up watching Jason Rushton. I don't know if, if many of you all just know that, but probably one of the, the best fighters to ever play in England. And he he got drafted, never made it. Now he was, he was fighting in England and this was when I was like sort of ten and Andy Hanna, a, a Cheetons legend, another one. Canadian now it's, fighting in England um, Cornish again one of the best fighters to ever play in England but again Canadian like it's all these guys who end up coming over here and playing for sort of low level leagues no disrespect to the league we play in but considering the leagues they have in, in America it's, yeah, it's comparison to the, the American league yeah, it's, it's a lower level isn't it 100% and it's just it's 
it's so sad because you see these guys and they got a, they come over here and on the weekend they're like they're still a small town hero like say Stanos for instance obviously he he was an, an ex draftee he's a hero on the weekends but what's he do the rest of the week like yeah. a lot of them go to work just to earn a little bit extra money but comes the weekend people shouting their name and he's a hero again Monday morning I'm not saying Stan, Stanos this but I'm saying a lot of them they'll go to like a a building site on Monday morning and, and sort of be treated like a nobody because they're not the hero of that building site. They're just there to do a job to earn a bit of money. It's such a sad sort of story. Yeah. Um, and it's something we really want to try and tell and, and get out there, really. Yeah, we were mixed with, obviously, James's sort of career in, in filmmaking and your sort of obsession with mindset. That sounds like it's a project that the two of you are really, really going to get a good good result out of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, James is an incredible filmmaker. I don't know if, if you've seen anything he's done, but he's he's such it. a yeah. He's incredible. He's he's. I can blow his trumpet a little bit because he's not on it, but I will say it's too, he, he's an artist and what he does. He he's ridiculously good on on how. Like, I've been on set with him a few times. I've done. So I'm I'm sort of pushed in pushing myself into the film industry as well. But I've been on set a few times to help him out, and it's just, he blows my mind how good he is. But, I mean, you wouldn't expect anything else because such a good hockey player. Why wouldn't he be good at bloody everything else? But well, um, he, he made hockey look like art, didn't he, when he was playing? So. Just, do you know what I mean? He's good-looking, good at hockey. He makes films. Like, what, what's this kid not so? <laughs> but, um, we'll yeah, find out when he comes on. We'll find out what he can't do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's so humble. He'll probably tell you he's not a good filmmaker and not a good hockey player. Like, that's the problem with him as well. But um, yeah, so it's it's something that that we we know we can do really well. At. We've actually got uh, Jonas Armstrong, who's a really sort of good British actor, um, to play the main role. Um, we've got uh, Sinead Matthews, who's a really good British actress, to play the the, the second role in it. Um, we we was actually talking to Sean Avery. Sean Avery was going to come over it and. Play the lead, yeah, but he's doing a Christopher Nolan film, and we couldn't get the scheduling uh, to to match up. But he he rang me up, he rang me and James up, said how much he loved it, thought it was a brilliant script, really wanted to be a part of it, and it was also saying close to his heart as well. But unfortunately, he couldn't he couldn't get over it. So yeah, we've gone with Jonas Armstrong again, incredibly talented actor, um, and we so we're filming it at Chelmsford on the twenty fifth of this month. Oh, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna get the film crew down. We're gonna film a bit during during the game. Dino's gonna be in it as well. He's gonna have a little part in it. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a bit in the game, and then we're also gonna shoot after the game. There's a rec training, so we're gonna shoot after the game as well. So yeah, if anyone's listening, I'd love to to try and get all the Chieftain fans down there to stay after the game be part of the film, be in the crowd scene. So as we're, we're filming it, we can sort of like pan around and see the crowd and, and try and get everyone involved. We, it's a, I've, I've played Chiefs and it's probably in total, you know, my career is six, seven years. Uh, James is a chief legend, do you know what I mean? So yeah. we really want to try and get, get everybody involved and, and get the rink involved, get the fans involved and, and make a make a film what's obviously not just close to our hearts, close to all of our hearts, because it's, it's the sport we all love, right? It's, it's why everyone listens to your podcast. They they love the sport. They they know these sort of stories. Yeah, and, and to be a home game on a Saturday night is a rare occurrence for us in Chelmsford. So it's, uh, yeah, even a double excuse to sort of stay around and watch, watch the rec guys as well and, and get involved with it. Well, frankly, that's, that all sounds brilliant. I'm really, really looking forward to, to the outcome of that. And uh, on Saturday the 25th, hopefully I'll, I'll actually get to meet you in person that, that night as well. Yeah, be good. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining me on Zero Pucks Given. All the best for Two Whiskeys and a Cigar. Uh, you can find that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, not uh, not Apple Podcasts. I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm so many things going on right now. I'm, it's on... It's, going to be on YouTube soon as well but my main priority is getting this film done so as soon as yeah. this film gets done it's going to be on more uh, more media but yeah because I mean I only started it beginning of December as well so I'm kind of like itself just sort of still learning but this film's kind of taken over a little bit yeah. at the moment well for any, I mean any Chieftain fans looking and, and find two whiskeys and a cigar there is a great episode with Liam Chong former yeah. Chieftain's player um, I'm so fascinating 
Yeah, he's uh, he's again, he's another one. He's just good at everything. All right. He's an incredibly clever guy. Like incredibly clever. Unbelievable hockey player. Good looking. Like I don't I don't know why I'm bad at these people. <laughs> Made me feel bad about myself. No, but again, Chong is Chong is brilliant. He's he's such a good player. I played with him since he was juniors. Um James James Aiden's gonna be on it soon as well. So uh yeah, it's it's a, it's a good good podcast. Also, it's it's different different to this. It's more yeah. getting the mindsets of people. So, if if people like that, if you like Joe Rogan or you like uh, Dyer's as CEO, I'm trying to bring a a, a a fresh take to them kind of podcasts. Ah, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, and again, yeah, Feb 25th. I think it's uh, Slough Jets at home for Chieftains that night. So, yeah, mm. those of you that haven't got tickets, get your tickets on Ticket Co. and then stick around and watch the filming of. Uh, is it the Enforcer? Is that what's called? Oh, yeah, uh, just yeah, the enforcer uh, said Jonas Armstrong's in it. He's an incredible actor. You get to see him do what he does best live. And if you don't know who he is, just Google him. You'll you'll recognise him from from something. He's brilliant. Can he skate? Can he skate? <laughs> no, <laughs> we've got to cheat that a little bit. Um, <laughs> so we're filming the short at the moment, which is a, basically a proof of concept for the feature. So once we film the feature, he'll be doing skating lessons. Yeah. So at the moment, uh, I'm not sure if we're going to, James is going to do a body double or uh, or we're going to get a body double for it. But you'll see him acting and then you might see a body double come in for the skating part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Thank you, Sabini. Thank you very much for joining me on Zero Pucks Given. All the Thanks best. For having I'll speak to you soon. See you soon, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. A huge thank you to Frankie for joining me there. Unfortunately, James Ayling couldn't join us for, to talk about that project, but James will join us at a later date to discuss it and, of course, his hockey career with Chelmsford. So, yeah, you heard it here first. They're going to be shooting some scenes for the Enforcer at the Riverside on February the 25th. So if you don't have your tickets for that game at home to Slough, then make sure you get them and then stick around after the game if you can to get involved with some of the filming. Uh, so what we're going to do now then is uh, return after a couple of weeks away. It's Hit of the Week. Hit of the week then, it could only really go one place, I'm sure you've seen on the social uh, social media channels that it's been shared, hit of the week has got to go to Kieran Rayner for his tilt that he had with Condren, I'd imagine the timing was to try and get the lads up and get the crowd in to, to get us back into the game, unfortunately that didn't work. But it was a hell of a tilt that's been shared wider by champs of fans, by UK hockey fights, by some worldwide hockey fight sites as well. So, yeah, Kieran Rayner, hit of the week. Nice to have the return of Hit of the Week then. And I'll say, if you haven't seen that little that fight from Rainer, then yeah, search it up on the socials. Uh, Zero Pucks Given has shared it on Instagram and Twitter. So yeah, make sure you find that and have a look because we all know that he puts his best in when he uh, he drops the gloves for the Chieftains. Uh, so now we're going to speak to our second guest. We've got uh, Chumpsford Chieftains' new man for this season, number 47, Dan Fay. Number 47. Dan Fay, how are we doing, fella? Yeah, all good, thank you. Yourself? Yes, mate, really well, really well. Thank you for joining me on Zero Pucks Given. No so, worries. Uh, tough night last night, a defeat down at Invicta. Uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it was a, it was a tough one. Um, I think it's like, what's it, like, we're playing well at the moment, I think. Like, recently, we're picking up form again. We're having good training sessions. It's just, like, fighting them games, like, going late into the game, we sort of struggled towards in the end of the third period. Um, but overall, I didn't think it was a bad game. They just capitalised on them small mistakes we made. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like, finished the game and got the two points. But we do we do need to be better in closing them games out. Um, and I think that will come. Uh, it's starting to gel quite nicely now. We get in... Um, the lines are pretty consistent. People playing, training together. Uh, it's a good, good group of guys. I think everyone yeah. gets on well with each other. I just need to get that performance on the ice now. 
Love it. It's, um, these, do you think these one game weekends aren't really doing us any favours because you're not you can't get to a strike, can you? It is. There's two ways of looking at it. Some ways it's nice because when you've got the two game weekend, especially if you've been training, working, etc., all through the week, by some, like the third period Sunday, you're you're knackered. You're knackered. But yeah. then also, if you're resting that whole Saturday. Um, and then go into Sunday, especially if they've had a game on the Saturday. I do think they tend to come out um, straight off the starting blocks. Like yeah. As well, Invicta had a big defeat to Slough the night before, so you can see they were hungry. They they definitely wanted it. It was a it was quite a high tempo game, I think. Um, and yeah, they they definitely brought it to us at the beginning of the game. Yeah, that's um. But obviously, that's the second time we've played Invicta now since the. Cup final was confirmed that it will be against them. Once we play that cup final, it will actually be eight times we've played them before we yeah. even get into the playoffs. And the way it's sitting at the moment, we'll play them in the playoffs as well. So it's yeah, we, we seem to be playing them loads. Yeah, there's um, certainly a rivalry there as well, isn't there? So oh yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a good. I enjoy playing them games, like especially now Invictus open both sides of that rink. Like I think the atmosphere yeah. last night was like unbelievable, especially after Rainer's fight, like. The building was popping. I think Jib said to us on the bench, he's like, listen, and like, uh, that's that's good to hear. Well, I mean, a few, obviously, I mean, I've, I've shared the video of, of Rainer's fight that was, the video was taken from the sort of the Chelmsford's fans' perspective. I've seen it from the other side as well, yeah. from the event fans, and you can just see all the Chelmsford fans going mental. Um, I would imagine at the game at the time, I think we were 5-3 down at the time, that it would have been a right that if you get on there, ruffle them feathers, the crowd will get up, we'll get up, and then we can go again. And then we had the late power play, and they, they nicked to shorty, didn't they? Yeah, I think after that, it definitely died down after that shorthanded goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, straight after the, the scrap, I, I couldn't actually see it properly. So I was like, you know what the benches are like in Invicta, like the wrong yeah. way around. So I'm right at the back of the, the bench because my, my laces snapped during the game. So I'm changing oh, but- them. Yeah, so I'm ch- changing them over and like just miss our like two minutes of the game, and it's the two minutes where everything happens. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, like obviously, like Jim started saying, listen to that, and they were amazing last night. Like the drums going, like screaming, like you could hear that. I know we're closer to them, but like you, could, they drowned out half the Invicta fans for most of the night. Yeah, it's. I think we're one of the best supported teams on the travel, and you know, always make a load of noise. And most of the rinks are actually laid out quite well. That the the away fans tend to be quite close to the away bench, so you can kind of get that boost. And particularly down, um, Solent is the same. I think Romford's the same as well, so you can hear us coming. So, it's your first season with the Chieftains. Yeah. Did you um, obviously played a little bit north as well? So um, was it Witness you played? Witness, yeah. So I, I lived up north for a bit. Like my uh, my dad's family are from up there, so I moved moved up there and went to uni up yeah. there. Um, I then had I think two seasons there, and then when um, yeah, so two two seasons there, and then um, COVID happened, and so obviously the uni's all closed, everything shut down. So I come back home that year. Yeah. Um, and then yeah we. Uh, went to Bracknell for a year in that spring cup but obviously that rink shut as well um which is which is a shame um but yeah then obviously last season was um in Romford with Mark as well and then when we got the call about coming to Chelmsford I I couldn't couldn't say no it's no so a big part of that was he uh I've known Mark for quite a while um Obviously, he was at Bracknell as well before I moved moved up north. Yeah, um, we, we get, got on with him quite well. Um, so when he he called me in the summer, I was all in. Like my first um, senior game for Bracknell was actually against Chelmsford oh, uh, in in the old rink. I remember I was I think it was a few days after I turned sixteen. Um, go up and it's on that old rink where the away changing rooms were, like almost where the home changing room is now. Yeah, and you have to walk through all the Chelmsford fans to get onto the ice. And I remember being so nervous, like I was shaking. <laughs> like it was a proper, yeah, it was proper like wake up call. And I think we lost like ten one that game as well. Oh, it wasn't, really? <laughs> it wasn't good. Is there a difference really between the north and the south? Because I mean, 
a few people know that I'm going to be on Two on Three podcast uh, this week, and they're all kind of northern based. A lot of the elite teams, elite league teams, are all northern based. And I kind of feel it's almost a bit like rugby league in that sense that the the north feels that ice hockey belongs to them. So is it it's, a bet founded up there? It's a weird one. I think, like, the overall standard, I wouldn't say is better. But then you've got some teams, like Solway, for example. Like, that's an amazing team. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> they're, like their depth, like, they'd smoke anyone in the country. But I, th- like I was speaking to one of my mates. I think it's because, obviously, like if you look at the National League, a lot of the teams are in the South. So there's that jump. Um, so like there's less teams in the North in the National League. So that yeah. jump up to the Elite League or to their national team, there's less spots. So then that almost makes, makes some of them teams like a better level at each, um, like at, at the lower levels. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of a hard one. Like now playing both, I'd say it's probably like a bit more physical. I remember my first year up there, like I was just getting smoked left, right, and centre. <laughs> like there, um, but I, I wouldn't say the standard better. I think the standard down here is is just as good as well. Like I think there'd be a it'd be interesting to play some of them teams and see, see what happens because I think there yeah. there'll be some good good games there. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult logistically, isn't it? Especially in the, in the NIHL 1 to play the Northern teams. But I think it's something that could potentially be looked at for pre-season and, you know, to you know play someone from the NIHL 1 North sort of home and away. It'd be quite interesting to see see the outcome of that. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I'd, I'd like, especially now we've played quite a few of the teams up there as well. I've made a few friends up there. It'd be good to play against them again. Yeah. Um, it'd be make for a good long road trip as well yeah. should be fun um but yeah it's like the distances like that's the other thing up north is the teams are so much spread out so i remember when we were up there we were going i think we went up to scotland and coming down to coventry like it's a lot of distance you've got to travel yeah yeah that's uh, bad yeah. Like, the south with like you know solent and you know we used to have bristol and cardiff we got in the nhl too but yeah that the, up north they are so spread out yeah. and obviously the national league it's Oh, yeah, yeah, Bristol up to, I think it's up to Hull Seahawks, I think, is a long old trip. Yeah, Hull, Hull's a bit of a track, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, have you uh, obviously been played at a few different places? Have you always worn number 47? Uh, no, I've, well, I had a few numbers. So, no? I started as 23. I think it was just what, what was in the bag, like, just got given. And then I remember my it was eight, uh, under 18s at Bracknell. The 23 shirt was the goalie shirt. So they're like, you can't wear that one. So I was no. like, oh, I'll, I'll take 18. So I wore 18 all through Widness, like through the rest of Bracknell, all of that. And then when I come back um, to do the Spring Cup, someone was already 18. So I was like, oh, uh, I'll choose 47. And then... Again, the same was at Rumford, and now it's just sort of stuck, so yeah. I couldn't, couldn't change it now. No, now you're kind of stuck with it. I thought yeah. it was quite interesting, because I, I had Nick Hyde from Life Financial on last week, who sort of owns and loans your home shirt. Yeah, yeah, I've spoken um, to him a few times. And he also does Chris Beckett, so he's got 47 and 74. Yeah, and yeah, people have sort mentioned of... that one a few, a few times before, um, with me and Chris. Um, but yeah, like, there's, there's no, no reason, it's just... Hopefully now it's a bit of a strange number, so it's not going to be taken yeah. uh, ever again. But yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm happy with it now. I've stuck, stuck with it. Now from a little bit of a, I mean, the, the research that I've been doing has, has changed from elite prospects because it's burnt me bad a couple of times <laughs> in, into just stalking people's social medias. Did you get involved with a bit of coaching with the women's side in Witness? Yeah. Yeah. So um, obviously I, I was up at uni there and, like I was on my own, so there wasn't apart from going out drinking and all of that, which is probably best I didn't do. Um, so I, and we only trained once a week at the time. So one of my mates we were playing with, he's like, "Oh, do you want to help me um, like push pucks round? Come on the other day and help coach a women's team." So I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I'd love to." So come down, and then uh, after a while, they're like, "Oh, like can you like look after the D? Like t- tell me what." what needs to be done here 
just like a few experiences from like what I've gained. I'm not saying I'm a coach in any way, shape or form, but it's what I've been taught. It'd be good to pass on to a couple of other people. Yeah. Um, so we ended up go, going on the bench and coaching with them pretty much full time for the year. Um, we ended up winning the league that year, which was, which was quite, quite a good achievement. Yeah. Is that something you think for the future, maybe, when you're done playing? Um, maybe. Like, I do quite like, like the coaching, but obviously, like, still quite early on in the career, so I don't know, yeah. know enough. Like, I feel uh, bad if I'm coaching people um, for stuff, like, which I can't do. I almost yeah. feel like I've got to be able to do it before, before, they, before telling someone how to do it, <clears throat> if that makes yeah. sense. Were you always a D-man then? Uh, I've tried playing forward a few times. I had a few games, but pretty much I've always been D. Yeah. It's, it's you've not... got bad hands for a D-man, actually. You do move the puck quite well. Yeah, it's not, not pretty seeing me forward. I just, like, I know where to be as a D. It's like your position, it feels natural. As yeah. soon as I'm, like, above the puck and all of that, I feel out of place. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Yeah. And, and for a D-man, you have scored, I think, the latest goal I've ever seen in, in ice hockey. Oh. A, few, a few weeks ago, I, I think, on the defeat up in Paul Victor. I didn't score it. Did um, someone tip it in? Yeah, Frankie got a tip to it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I thought, actually, I, I saw it going in, but then I could see him sliding across. I, I think he would have got it. So, I think Frankie did did tip that just low enough so that, they, it yeah. did go in. There was literally a hundredth of a second left on the clock when it went in the back of the net. It was, you could all kind yeah. of see on your faces, you're like, why are we even bothering getting into position to restart? The, the puck's not even going to hit the ice before the buzzer goes. Yeah. But, uh, oh, no, well, that's a, that, that would be something for Simon, who's been doing a bit with the website. He might have to go back through and change some of his stats if you're saying Frankie tipped that in. Yeah, no, I, I'm... I don't like to admit it, but I have got to give it to Frankie. <laughs> yeah, it was his first Chieftain goal as well, so I can't yeah. take him out from him. Would that not have been your first Chieftain one? Or you did get no, one earlier? I got one in, in Gosport, the first game of the season. Um, oh, yeah, 8-4. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I think, that was, I think that's the only one. I'm not, not a big goal scorer. It's, <laughs> so stick to playing in D. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, playing in the North and South, you must have played in pretty much every rink in the country, but... Have you got a yeah. favourite and the least favourite? Our least favourite by far is Bradford. That is yeah. awful. It's it's basically it's like a, it's it's bingo hall on the ground floor. Yeah. You've got to go up the steps to the ice rink. You then go up the steps again to the changing rooms. You then got to come back down the steps fully kitted with your skate guards on because the steps made of concrete. Yeah. To then go on the ice. And I'm like, that is awful. Um I got the potential of going on the on the ice with your skate guards on them, which is an oh, error. Yeah, that's not... Don't do that. <laughs> no, um, we did hear earlier in the... I think it was episode um, 13, I had a couple of the refs on from the Elite League. And one of them at Chelmsford went on the, on the ice with his skate guards on. And went. Yeah, I've done it a few times at training. Luckily, never at a game. But <laughs> not when anyone it, watches. Yeah, it's not. Well, the worst one is a few of the boys, they put a bit of stick tape on, uh, sorry, leg tape on the bottom of your skates, try and try and play a few jokes. And oh, that, yeah. That's got me a few times. But Did you have any sort of initiation at the Chieftains? Uh, not really. Like, a lot goes on all the time. Like, probably I can't say a lot of it. No, no, we've got to keep it cleanish. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, there wasn't really anything, like... We've done a few dumb stuff and all of that, but no, nothing particular. Yeah. Um, so, so if, back to the rinks here. Bradford's the, the worst rink. Have you got yeah. a favourite one? Favourite one? Well, the favourite one I probably played in was actually in Russia. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so we did a, the same thing George Gell did. I did it the year before, the university ad. Um, we went to Siberia, and that rink was like something else. It's the ice was like skating on glass, like the boards were perfect. Like, yeah, that was probably my favorite. But then in this country, I'm not, I don't know. Um, I quite like playing at Telford, was yeah. quite a good one. It's, yeah, Telford was definitely a good one. How did you, how did you do in the, in the feature games, the GB student, when you went? 
Uh, we won one game. <laughs> that was a bad. We beat Sweden. Oh, that's a um, good. Yeah, it was. It was a shock. Um, but yeah, it's definitely. Uh, yeah, it was a tough, tough tournament. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got some questions now from the listeners. That's all right. And it looks like you might have had a little bit of company join you there. Yeah, I was thinking I might might have to move. Actually. Yeah, I'll be fine for a little bit. But yeah, I'm, I might have to move into the next room in a minute. No worries. So I've got yeah, so a few questions, not overly hockey hockey related actually, but uh, Ollie Bennett has asked, if you won the lottery, what's the first thing you'd do? Oh, God. Um, well, probably, because obviously, I don't know if you know, but I live in Bracknell, so it's a bit of a yeah. drive to Chelmsford. Probably buy a house in Chelmsford, so a bit closer to the rank. <laughs> Is that, and that's, is that a lonely drive now? Because you used to travel yeah. hard. Well, there was five of us at the beginning of the year, and I'm on my yeah. own at the moment. So, yeah, put a, bit, put a bit of music. Sometimes listen to the podcast and just, uh, yeah. So a lot lonelier than it was. Oh, yeah. But, but if you've got the podcast, you've got me to keep you company. Exactly. Yeah. A question from Sophie Ashford. What music do you like? Oh, I like like a bit of everything to be honest. It depends what I'm doing. Like I yeah. like a bit of country music, um, a bit of rock music, and that. But I think the weird one is like if I'm working, doing stuff, and I need to focus, I listen to music in a different language because oh, I can't yeah. hear the can't hear the words. That so doesn't distract just like, you. Yeah, just like the background noise. That's yeah. Well, that's an interesting one, that. And Kara, uh, uh, who's added to her question hoping that you're going to be black and gold next season uh, and that they, they love you and you're their favourite what's your highlight as a Chieftain so far? Highlight as a Chieftain oh that's a tough one there's been, been some good good bits I'd probably say it's um, when we were we beat Streatham away to make it into the you know the day before Oxford yeah uh, because if we lost that game we would have been out it was all right, wasn't it? So, like, I think the boys just, yeah, we all got together on that, and that, that was a big, big win there. Yeah. So, uh, Sophia Gatlin, the sign girl, has asked, how did you chip your tooth? Uh, so, that, it was a hockey stick, but it was actually, yeah. during lockdown, we were playing street hockey. Oh, was so it? So, is, do you know the Romford goalie, Dylan Phillips? Uh, yes, yes. So, yeah. Yeah, good good mates with him. So we we were out playing some roller hockey just just in a car park near us, and he he was on my team as well, which doesn't make sense to me. But literally swung his stick up, caught me just round the tooth, just crumpled. Yeah. <laughs> so all the all the years on ice and all the stuff yeah. that goes on there, and it was playing roller hockey in a car park. Now I've got a few now from someone who I would assume is a friend of yours and probably an ex teammate, Milts. Yeah. Uh, he's messaged me this morning about this. Yeah. <laughs> so he's asked, who beat you up worse, Rayner, Ben Ely Newman, or Zach for not cuddling? All right. Uh, so, yeah. The the toughest one was Rayner, to be fair. I'd have to give it to him. His yeah. first there is a great picture of that fight somewhere, actually, that I've, that I've seen. I'd rather not see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's the first person I've fought, and I've actually gone, like, this guy's punches are, like... He's, he's a solid kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so definitely, definitely Rayner. Uh, then he's got a couple of random ones. He said, would you rather have two arms and one leg or two legs and one arm? Two arms and one leg. I don't know. Two arms and one leg. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, probably two arms because then at least you can play like sledge hockey or something. You can still play sledge hockey here with two arms, yeah. And uh, who's the best mobile Monopoly player? Oh, it's me by far. That's you? <laughs> yeah, by far. Is that a little time passer, is it, doing that? Yeah, last season we used to play Monopoly in the, in the car and I was always smoking everyone. <laughs> oh, uh, and then we've got a little oh, question from Rainer as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you like Clapham Garden benches? Oh, I love them, yeah. I'm not going to say why. Yeah, I see. I'm I'm sure that the answer to this isn't clean. I'm, I'm imagining yeah. like a, a little sleeping spot on a night out. Uh, no, it's yeah. I'll let people use their imagination on that one. <laughs> Excellent. You you just having to move yourself a little bit. Yeah, that's a lecture starting in here, so 
I'll move into the next room. I won't, won't be a second. No worries, mate. No worries. Give me a chance to get the Chiefs briefs together. Okay. <laughs> what are you studying, uni? Uh, so I'm studying architecture at the moment. Uh, so oh. doing the doing doing the masters currently. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so it's uh, a bit of work. Is why why we're going to be here late tonight. But yeah, I'll pop up here for a bit. It's, this should be fun. Yeah, excellent. Right. Well, I've, I've had a couple of uh, a couple of new ones come in for Chiefs briefs, but I'm, I'm in desperate need of more. If, uh, if anyone's got got the imagination more more than I have to to give us some Chiefs briefs, but I'll uh, I'll go with what I've got here, and I did get I did get a couple of extra ones for today. So we'll add, we'll add them in as well. I'll just scan up and find them. Right, hi, you ready to go with him then, mate? Yeah, all good. Right, hi. Right then. <clears throat> Spider-Man or Superman? Ooh, uh, yeah, we go Superman. I don't really watch stuff like that, but yeah, we go Superman. No. Uh, sorry. Are, you proper, yeah, Superman. are you a proper grown-up? <laughs> no, I just, it's never watched them. Like, too busy playing hockey. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, going abroad or staycation? Going abroad, yeah. Yeah. Chinese or Indian? Probably go Chinese. McLaren or Ferrari? Probably go Ferrari. Uh, scoring a goal or getting a shutout? Probably say getting a shutout. Better for a day anyway. Yeah. Pizza or pasta? Uh, pizza, yeah. Camel Grant. I, I can't answer that. They'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll be giving it to me either way. Black or gold? Black. NHL 1 North or NHL 1 South? That's a tough one, but <laughs> probably now I'll say South, yeah. Good man, good man. But Dan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been really nice chatting to you. No worries. And we've got, say, got a couple you. of, sort of one-game weekends coming up now. It's away at Milton Keynes on this Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it's a few few closer ones yeah that, I mean that's still not great for you is it coming around the M25 and up the M1 no it's not too bad but I've, I found out so Chelmsford is actually the furthest rink away from my house in the league is it really yeah <laughs> that's crazy isn't it yeah uh, well at least you only have to go there every other week exactly. <laughs> for games. Well, yeah, twice a week for training twice, but... twice a week for training but Excellent stuff. Dan, good man. Thank you very much for joining me and uh, I'll, see, I'll see you soon. See you soon. Thank you very much. Cheers, man. Take care. Bye. A huge thank you to Dan Fay for joining me then from his university lecture halls. Uh, you may have noticed he had to, had to move around towards the end of the interview there. Uh, but really great to chat with Dan. He's a really nice young lad and a bit of a fan's favourite actually, even in his first season with the Chieftains. So uh, fixtures for next week then. The Chelmsford Chieftains travel to Milton Keynes Thunder on Sunday the 19th of February. The Warriors have a weekend off, and at the Riverside, the Chelmsford Cobras are hosting Sheffield. So if you're not travelling with the Chieftains, there is free entry hockey at the Riverside on Sunday night. Uh, so that is episode 18. That's in the bank. Uh, massive thank you to both of my guests, to Frankie Sabini and to Dan Fay. Thank you to all you guys for listening. Uh, obviously, yeah, the fixtures for next week, Ch- uh, Chelmsford Chieftains away at MK Thunder Sunday the 19th. Cobras are at home to Sheffield on Sunday the 19th at the Riverside. Uh, another thing to listen out for this week, if you've got a bit of time and you like a little bit of a hockey podcast, I'm appearing on three on three podcast. Uh, guys normally discuss the Elite League. That obviously had a weekend off because uh, of the Great Britain results. So yeah, can check that out as well. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Anchor on Spotify. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get notifications about new episodes. Follow us on social media, Instagram at Zero Pucks Given Podcast, Twitter at Zero Pucks Pod, YouTube at Zero Pucks Given, email Zero Pucks Given Podcast at gmail.com. The music in this podcast is taken from Spotify and I do not own the tracks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.
Social Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.